Welcome to the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered relief and development. I'm Rodney Green, and I'm the Program Advisor for Agriculture and Economic Development at World Relief. Today, I share with you a recent conversation I had with Matt Kistler, a research analyst at the American Bible Society. Today, we are talking about translating spiritual metrics developed in the U.S. to an international context. Matt, welcome to the program. It's good to have you back. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Before we jump into the topic for today, can you give us a brief intro to yourself and the American Bible Society? Sure. So my name is Matt Kistler. I work at American Bible Society for a team that we currently call the Global Scripture Impact Team. So we're tasked with evaluating all of our programmatic work. And that's stuff we do both here in the U.S. and also uh, work we fund for Bible societies around the world. So we use qualitative and quantitative uh, evaluation methodologies and try to see what we can learn. That's great. And so our topic today is uh, translating spiritual metrics that may began or were developed in the U.S. and translating them to an international context. Um, But before we get there, can you give us an overview of the research project where this question or topic is really relevant? Yeah, for sure. So we are working in a number of countries, um, and we have a couple different projects that we're integrating together. So One of those is called the end-to-end project, where we patch together a couple different interventions with a couple different partners to try to um, move communities in their spiritual well-being. So often that starts with a faith comes by hearing Jesus video. Uh, Yeah, a Jesus video. And then the faith comes by hearing where people uh, essentially have listening groups where they sit and listen to the New Testament being spoken and then have discussion questions, kind of like a small group. And then there's another component where there's leadership training, another component where there's kind of expectation of church planting. So the idea of the end-to-end is to really help communities um, be open to the Bible. We've done that in a number uh, of different contexts, a lot in East Africa and Africa, But then we have another project called Trauma Healing, where we have a Bible-based trauma healing curriculum that goes through different lessons to talk about, you know, where is God in the midst of disaster, in the midst of trauma? How can I relate to God? How can, uh, you know, what does the Bible have to say about grief and lament? And this project that we're studying is specifically in Rwanda, where they're looking at putting those two projects together. So in Rwanda, they focus for the end-to-end, they focus on the faith comes by hearing segment. So they have listening groups where people listen to uh, the Bible, the New Testament in their local language. And we put the trauma healing curriculum also on devices so they can then listen to the trauma healing um, material. So it's trying to see whether the outcomes associated with the one project Uh, of the two projects together are greater than kind of the sum of the parts, so to speak. Right. That's really interesting. And um, 
so you did a primarily qualitative evaluation with this and you had maybe some different groups you were um, you were kind of studying exactly so we're, we're looking at it and we're just starting out the evaluation process so we did our baseline data collection in August and we'll have at least two more uh, one probably March and another one next August and then we'll see if we want to continue on from there it's two parts. One is a survey instrument, which we're conducting with uh, individual participants. And another one is an interview. More, that's the more qualitative part with group leaders. The survey instrument is looking at the outcomes associated for the two projects, um, kind of symptoms of trauma and biblical engagement for the trauma healing and faith comes by hearing respectively. But we're measuring both of those for people who are just doing trauma healing, people who are doing faith comes by hearing only, and for people who are doing groups that are integrated. So we're kind of comparing uh, these three different types of groups to see if uh, the outcomes change when, uh, depending on kind of the, the format of the, of the project. All right. And so in regards to uh, maybe a specific specific spiritual metric maybe you could talk about one example and kind of how you went about um, clarifying what that metric would be in this particular context in Rwanda yeah so at American Bible Society we are really um, starting to focus on what's called the what we def define as scripture engagement and we have a whole team that's kind of worked to define that and that's primarily in the U.S. context. So scripture engagement is looking at the frequency you interact with scripture, its impact on you, and its centrality in your life. And impact has to do more with how it influences what you believe. And the centrality is how it influences what you do. And so, for example, one question might be, um, how much does... Uh, reading the Bible, what the Bible say, influence the movies you watch or who you vote for, um, just as examples. So those are the kinds of that scripture engagement framework is what ABS wants to measure uh, internationally as well. But as you can imagine, um, asking people what movies they watch in Rwanda might not be <laughs> the most appropriate question. Right. So what... So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So what's the process look like? Or how did you contextualize this? So we are working and really are blessed to have partnerships. We um, So the way the Bible societies work is there's a united Bible society that kind of is a cross-Bible cross society structure. And then we don't do work directly in Rwanda. The Bible Society of Rwanda does work, and we will often fund that work or provide capacity support. Um, or other types of support. So we have the Bible Society of Rwanda on the ground, and I really want <laughs> to congratulate them. They blew me away with their uh, capacity to run the project, like finding these 30 groups and getting 500 surveys done. And we were there to help and kind of watch, but um, just sitting down in two days, we got the 500 surveys done and essentially got 100% coverage, um, which was pretty impressive. So the translation process was working with them. So we kind of started with the, these 
key domains of what are we trying to measure. So what, uh, how, how does scripture change how you act? And then we started having a conversation with the Bible Society of, you know, what, what might that look like in Rwanda? And we threw out some questions and said, you know, let's try, let's try, um, you know, we started with a question about the decisions I make. We kind of were, were broad because we didn't know what else to do. The decisions I make are entirely based on the Bible. And it was like strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree, right? And uh, then we did a test. So we had the Bible Society go out and just try to pilot it with a couple people on the street and see what they would say. Well, you can imagine, we got, everyone said strongly agree. Because it's a very Christianized uh, culture uh, in that context. Um, you know, going to church is kind of a social norm. So no one was going to say that they make decisions, you know, they weren't going to kind of speak against their own biblical engagement. Right. So, yeah, so then we had to go back and go back to the Bible Society and say, please help us because we don't know what what kind of question will get a more uh, uh, more appropriate, a more accurate answer. Um, so we shifted it again. We just said, when I make decisions, I value what the Bible says even more than what my family says. Um, so we tried to put the screws on them a little bit and, yeah. and push the, to say, you know, like, is, is this really more important to you? Um, and the Bible Society of Rwanda said, yeah, I think that will work. And we kind of went back and forth and tweaked some of the language. We translated everything was in Kenya, Rwanda, the local language, which was one benefit in Rwanda. There's essentially one language. So that makes it a bit easier. And um, we tried it out. So we still got very high responses that, you know, part of that is, well, this is a very Christian context. So maybe that's just an accurate reflection of reality. But we're also wondering, well, are they still kind of feeling influenced or feeling that cultural pressure to respond more positively than maybe they actually feel or believe? Right. So... So what did you do with that? What, what was the next <laughs> step you took? Yeah, well, we're in the middle of it. So right now what we're doing is we're starting to think, we're, we're going back to kind of the, the U.S. team who developed it and saying, well, what can we do? One option is to now measure, instead of asking the exact same question that was already so high that there really won't be a whole lot of room for growth, you know? So even if people do grow closer in their engagement of the Bible or it has a greater impact on their choices, we might, might not be able to measure it because they've already said they're off the charts. Yeah. So we're thinking of reframing the questions to since the project has started, how has this changed? You know, so kind of resetting the baseline at, you know, the initiation of the project and comparing back to that point instead of making it kind of an objective, where are you overall? So we'll see. Um, and this is kind of an ongoing conversation we're going to have with the Bible Society of Rwanda and see if they also have other ways to kind of tweak these questions. Um, but that's kind of our approach for the second um, or what we're imagining we'll do for the second data collection and, you know, see what we get. 
Right. And do you see uh, the qualitative kind of methods that you would employ as part of this kind of feeding into that at all? Yeah. So we're kind of what, what I'm hoping for is that the so the qualitative questions are to group leaders and we're kind of asking them to take more of an overview look. How has this project impacted the community? And um, you know, it would be great to have asked, be able to ask those questions to the, the group participants, but just the number of people, the size of the of the project, and the amount of translation and analysis is, you know, not feasible for us. So we're just doing the thirty group leaders, and I'm hoping that they will have stories and be able to say yes. I see people now reading the Bible more, or yes, I see how people have started to act differently in our community. And so at the baseline, we asked, you know, what do you hope to see change, kind of their vision of the outcomes. But then at the second data point, we're hoping that their qualitative, their stories will give us a a second uh, viewpoint from which to, to look at this data about the change in scripture engagement. So if we see if we ask how has it changed since the beginning of the project and we see hear everyone say oh it's changed a lot and then we ask the leaders you know what do you see and they keep saying oh we see how we've seen a lot of change since the beginning of the project then we have at least some core some um uh some way to confirm that yes that is accurate or maybe that's not accurate um so that's kind of how we're seeing a part of the the qualitative interviews as a way to support the quantitative data. Right. And so what kinds of behaviors are you really looking for? I mean, I don't know the curriculum, so I don't know exactly the approach you're taking with scripture engagement, but could you give us just a window into like what behaviors are you really looking to, to see change based on the engagement with scripture, either with just the, the trauma side or the other side? Yeah. So from a trauma, the trauma healing uh, outcomes, we're looking at uh, sleeplessness, we're looking at flashbacks, we're looking at anger outbursts, um, which are some of the kind of standard symptoms of trauma. Avoidance was another one that actually really was high in in all of the uh, responses. The average person was avoiding a place um, more than once a week um, because it brought up bad memories. I thought that was really powerful to think about. Like every week, I'm multiple times a week, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about, well, I can't go there, you know, kind of subconsciously because of what I've seen or what I've experienced. There. Um, so, you know, looking at some of those kind of trauma symptoms. Uh, we're also looking at forgiveness, um, which we have a very kind of simple measure. We're not, we don't have a real broad or robust forgiveness measure, but we're hoping that kind of by asking a question or two about forgiveness to everybody and then, you know, talk, listening to the group leaders will kind of, again, get that multiple perspective. Um, and a lot of it is also how people view God. Um, and how kind of the community of faith, how the church understands trauma. We want the church to be a place where they feel equipped to deal with, uh, to respond to people's trauma. 
and for individuals to be able to recognize that God loves them in the midst of their pain and suffering, that it's okay to grieve, to lament, and that's part of the biblical tradition, um, and that you know God is with them and that you know Christ's suffering um, can bring them peace over time. So those are some of the, the kind of, the, especially the trauma side uh, outcomes that we're looking at. That's really helpful. It's, um, I think that really brings it together, just how this whole thing, um, all, this whole thing works yeah. and how your metrics have been developed. And it's really helpful to hear your process of, you know, talking with the leaders of the American Bible Study, uh, Society in Rwanda testing it with the community, coming back, rethinking, and always having this kind of continuous improvement um, approach is really helpful. And and so kind of taking a step back now, what advice would you have for another organization kind of in your position seeking to develop or think about spiritual metrics in the in the midst of a evaluation or a research study? Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of a basic thing that you would always want to um, have to deal with. But first of all, knowing what you want to measure. And we, we are fortunate enough to have a framework for scripture engagement that's kind of handed to us that, you know, we kind of have to take it or leave it. So, but having specific domains, we want to measure something about frequency of interacting with scripture, something about how it impacts how they feel or what they believe and how it impacts um, what, what they do. You know, so that gave us a framework to start thinking about questions. Um, I would say definitely have, you know, locals lead the process as much as possible. You know, they're going to have such a richer understanding of what faith looks like within the context. And I mean, what one person advised me from here in the U.S. saying, have the local Bible society ask themselves, what does like vital or vibrant spiritual life look like? Like describe someone you know that is really doing it. And what are some of those attributes so that you can start to think about what you might ask? Because, you know, in our context, it might look like ABC, but in Rwanda, it you know, it looks like something completely different. So not kind of bringing in our lens of what spiritual health necessarily looks like. Um, yeah. And then piloting, I think that would maybe be the last thing. I think that's good for any survey. I mean, I'm sure all, all the listeners kind of have a sense of that, but you know, it's easy to overlook or to just not have the time, but we would have really been hammered, but it would have been bad if we hadn't piloted the first set of questions because the, the responses were so uniform, it was clear that we were not asking really the right questions. And so just taking an extra week or two to, we did a small one, we asked like 10 or 15 people, but we could already see, and the people who collected the data, you know, had this sense like, oh, wait, like everyone's responding this way. This is, that was a real easy red light to see so that we could stop and reframe the questions. Um, and yeah, Lastly, like you said, having an attitude of continuous learning, you know, may, maybe the question wasn't as good as it could have been. We're going to learn. We're going to make it better and, uh, you know, keep keep going after it. That's great. And 
for people who are interested in learning more or maybe engaging more with uh, you on this, how can they get in contact or, or what, what could you share with them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard there's a Accord Research Alliance Slack channel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so actually, I do want to put in a plug. We asked the, the Slack channel about designing our survey. We used faces instead of words because um, we were not we were a little concerned about the ability of people to read, which was a valid concern to turn out um, and got a lot of good help from that Slack channel. So definitely I know I'm on it. And so are some of my colleagues. Um, but yeah, we are always available. We love helping. We have a team of four people and, uh, we have a great time. So questions, you can email us, um, or I would say go to our website, but it's really outdated, which, you know, that's how I'm going. <laughs> so don't go to our website. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure Rodney, you can, uh, give our emails and, uh, attach it to the podcast. All right. Yeah. We'll put some links in the podcast, uh, as well. And also to mention, too, um, in addition to the Slack channel, if, if listeners are interested in engaging more face-to-face, we do have the Spiritual Metrics and Research Intensive at the One Accord Forum in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, later this month on October 29th. And you can book online at accordnetwork.org for that. And so we hope to see you there. Uh, thank you so much, Matt, for sharing with us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And email us at ara at accordnetwork.org to send us ideas about who you would like to talk to or other topics you'd like to discuss. So thanks, Matt, again for joining us. Yeah, well, thanks so much. It was a pleasure to talk with you, Rodney. All right, and we'll see you next time. 